Hello. Um, my first question would be um, this issue of the exchange is titled ATT 2.0. So mm. what are your thoughts about teaching the technique in the digital age? About teaching it? Um, you mean using, um, using the web to teach it or promoting the technique? Which, which one are you referring to? Well, I'm interested in both. So maybe um, first, uh, what are your thoughts about promoting it? Because uh, you're kind of the father of promoting the technique on the web, I would say. Well, I, I, I don't know about that. Um, but um, in terms of promoting the technique, and I'm using promoting in the best sense of the word here, uh, the, the web is the place to do it. Uh, there, there's, um, it's kind of taken over from pretty much everything else as being the main place that people find teachers, that people learn about the Alexander Technique. And so I think it's crucial for any, for any teacher who is actually interested in getting students to use the web to do that. And just in general, to exchange information about the technique, to provide explanations of the technique, to have videos and audio recordings and using it using the social media aspect of it as well. It's it's really the place where it's where it's all happening right now. Yeah, I think so too. Um, do you see it more uh, towards the social media or do you think people search more on websites or the combination of it? Mm, I think it's a combination. I think it's really crucial to have a website to start with. There, I know there's some people who kind of like to jump into social media um, First, but I think that's a mistake because if you don't actually have a website that people can go to and find out about you, you're kind of expending your energy unnecessarily. So, you know, I'd say the first step for anyone, anyone who wants to take the web seriously, any Alexander teacher, is to get a website, make sure it has, uh, that it's set up properly. Yeah. That it's actually going to, people are going to be able to find it and, it, uh, and that it, you know, that it's configured po properly and properly, then, yeah. properly. Yeah. And yeah. then, um, if you, if, if social media draws you, certainly Facebook right now is, yeah, I would say the place where teachers are interacting and where, a lot of people are going to get information about the technique, so you'd want to be on Facebook and uh, probably Twitter and maybe Twitter? some of the other platforms. Yeah, yes. so, so do you think that people should have a website and link that to their um, presence on the social media as well? Well, so, yeah. I mean, I think what you, can, you can do uh, on, on Facebook, for example, you can create, <clears throat> excuse me, create a page that is about you and on that page <clears throat> there would be a link to your website so that if if someone's following your postings uh, they will at some point uh, be able to tell where you are and and contact you that way yeah yeah absolutely but i have to say i mean that's what i think people would do well to do 
But I have to say, um, by and large, the, in the Alexander world, uh, people have not done that. Most teachers don't even have websites yet, and very few are, in fact, active on Facebook or Twitter. And yes, I think I- that's very sad. I think it's a huge missed opportunity, and I don't really understand all the reasons why it's true. It it seems very odd to me, but but we are lagging way behind other fields in that area. That's my impression too, that lots of people stay off social media mm-hmm. and try to locally find their students rather mm-hmm. than using what's available. Well, I think that it's fine to find your students locally if 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 that works for you, but uh, even locally, even someone around the corner from you um, is going to want to find out something about you before they come for a lesson, and where they're going to find it out is almost certainly going to be on the web. Yeah. So I think people don't quite understand the new the new dynamic of um, connecting with people. I don't know... In, in Germany, if this is true, but but certainly in the States, any business that wants to be taken seriously of any kind has a website. My plumber has a website. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, my auto repair like guy has a international website. International nowadays that people have websites with their information on it. Mm-hmm. And so and, and, and and not having a website is, is uh, almost... Um, it's a statement that I don't want to be visible and I don't want people to know about me, which, you know, maybe if you, if you're an Alexander teacher and you have all the students you want, or you're working in a university setting or something where you, you just don't want people calling you or emailing you, you could argue it makes sense not to have a website, but there are very few teachers in that, category and most teachers who complain about not having enough students you know the first thing i ask them well what's up with your website oh i don't have one yet and you know it's that's what i see anyway so so yeah um then there are the teachers who have websites and still don't get students in from their websites. Do you think that um there are mistakes what people do with their websites or how they could improve on what they do with their website and their web presence? Yeah, I think the problem is that some people who have have kind of got it that they need a website have not got it that they need it to be uh, reasonably attractive that it needs to have certain it needs to conform in a way to certain basic design standards that are out there it needs to be very easily navigatable from one page to the other it yeah. ne- it needs to Here's this, here's what I see a lot. A huge number of teachers don't even tell you where they're located. It's yeah, as, it's, as, it's yeah, it's as if yeah. you are 
going to be so drawn to them that you're going to go and have lessons even if they're halfway around the world. You're, you don't really care where they are. There's, it's so important that you connect with them. It's a weird uh, mental set on their part. So yeah, you have to be very clear where you are. It should be right at the top of a page. Um, there, You should obviously avoid, if you want to appeal to the general public, you should avoid jargon. Uh, so, yeah. And you probably should avoid pictures of Alexander. They're not going to help you any, certainly not on your on your home page. There are a lot of common yeah. mistakes that people do make. Some Sometimes teachers, uh, well, they, someone says, well, you got to have a website site. So they, their kid makes a website for them because they learn in school how to make websites. Well, that's fine, except usually it's not going to be a very – it's going to look like a kid did it, you know? Yeah, you and find a lot of them in the web, on the web. Right. And, and yeah, and people just don't take, a lot of teachers don't take the time, who have websites, don't take the time to really think through the process of how are people going to react to this? Well, how are they going to find it in the first place? And then how are they going to react to it? Uh, yeah. I, I think there's a, a, a huge gap there. And as I said before, most teachers still don't even have a website of any kind. Yeah. So So no one can actually find them except maybe uh, on a teacher's list somewhere. Maybe, but that if isn't they're really. they're lucky. Yeah, yeah. That's not really how it happens yeah. these days. Yeah. 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 So. So um, a personal business website showing where they are, what they do. And then uh, that's also very appealing to the public rather Mm -hmm. than just jargoning and showing a picture of Mr. Alexander and maybe even having that wonderful strangling picture on it. Well, yeah, there is... (laughs) There, there's an amazing amount of strangulation going on on some websites and skeletons and things like that. You know, stuff that might make sense to other teachers, but yeah. but is very off-putting to the general public. And yeah. the, the other thing is, that I think it's really worth saying, is that I think a lot of teachers have a huge misconception about how much money they need to spend on this. Uh, I know teachers that have spent thousands of dollars on websites. I I, I find it hard to imagine spending that kind of money. A few few hundred dollars and you can have a beautiful site. Um, Usually, when you start spending a lot more than that, it almost always makes it worse. Because your web designer adds all kinds of bells and whistles that actually get in the way. Yeah. So simple, simple, attractive, good use of language, pictures where appropriate, um, no skeletons, no (laughs) pictures of FM on the home page. Yeah. um, Location, you know, basic things, a few basic things, and making sure it's properly linked so that... You know, you exchange links with the appropriate sites. Your professional yeah. society, if, if there's one in your country, other Probably teachers. Probably also your site. It wouldn't hurt, uh. yeah. I mean, the directory I have is, is in fact, the 
place I think most people originally go. It's the the web is all about linking. It's all about yeah. linking. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Because there's loads of good resources out. So uh, when people link to it, then it makes uh, the web pages even more attractive. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, yeah. Um, I think that's great advice in terms of websites and mm -hmm. online presence for mm -hmm. teachers. Mm -hmm. So I've seen that you also uh, use um, Skype um, for teaching. So uh, you also use the web for teaching or coaching. So I was wondering how you go about that or what your experiences about that are. Right. Well, I, I stumbled into that because I'm located in an area where um, there are very few teachers and it's a very... Um, there are lots of people who live in my area who are quite far away from, from any teacher. And uh, people started, uh, I, I originally started even before Skype, actually just using the phone and talking to people. And I found that with some people, I could give them some basic Alexander ideas about directing and they could apply it to themselves and and they could make useful changes and some of them would be people who would have very occasional lessons or who might go to workshop a workshop yeah. or two that kind of thing but i think with skype it's even uh, more effective because you can see the person and they can see you uh, obviously you don't have hands um and there's a big dispute now or debate, let's say, in the Alexander world about whether not if you're not in the same room with a student, are you actually teaching the Alexander technique? It's um, who knows? I don't yeah. I, I, I make it very clear to people that this is not the same as a traditional Alexander lessons. But I have to say, I found that um, um, I've been able to help a lot of people and a lot of people who would never, ever be able to get to an Alexander teacher. Most of my current Skype students are in Southeast Asia and yeah. for some bizarre reason, Croatia. And there wow. just aren't any teachers. And yeah. um, so, you know, I I suggest if someone wants to explore it, you know, just make, get Skype. It's free, and um, and and maybe just experiment with some people you know, uh, yeah. and see, and see what happens. I don't. I don't think it's for everybody. I think some people are not going to be very happy uh, interacting with people at a distance like that. But for me, and I know for a number of other, a growing number of teachers. Um, this is becoming uh, a, a significant part of their practice. Yeah, I think that's also a way to get uh, the technique more known in areas where there aren't any teachers. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Where people would never get a chance to actually see a teacher. <laughs> well, I, that's the thing. I mean, the, the, almost all the people that I work with, there is absolutely no way they would ever have access to a, 
a real live teacher. This just would not happen. Yeah. And uh, if they can get some benefits, even if it's not all of the same benefits they might get with an in-person teacher, and it, it helps them and they tell people about it and some of the people they tell are were their teachers, then I think it's going to help everybody. Yeah, I think so too. Right. Um, yeah, so um, if someone has a Skype session with you, how should uh, we imagine that or how do you work with people working via Skype? Uh, do you actually work with people in activities or mm. do you mm-hmm. – what? How do you work? Well, um, usually at the first first lesson, I, all I want to necessarily be able to see initially is just their head, neck, and torso. So they could just be sitting at a desk. or It, it can help if they can turn at right angles to that. Uh, after, after the initial session, I, I try to get them to set things up so that, that I can see them walking and moving and bending over and whatever activities, sitting at a desk, typing, that kind of yeah. stuff, or working on their computer. And I, what I uh, have found, uh, the two invaluable tools that I have found is um, um, what are sometimes sometimes called in the Alexander world negative directions or inhibitory directions, that yeah. is, no statements. Although there's a new variant that's come out, kind of a posit, the positive variant of negative yeah. directions. But negative directions just seem to work better in general, and they certainly work really well on Skype. I obviously spend a lot of time talking about how you're going to deliver these directions to yourself you you don't want to put any pressure on yourself or try to make make things happen or concentrate on them i spend a lot of time on that and um i find that neg- negative directions and i'm sure the positive variant that has just recently emerged will work yeah. just as well uh, that and I combine that with some work I've uh, developed called Up with Gravity, which is not strictly speaking the Alexander technique, although I think it's totally compatible with it and can yeah. be combined with it. Uh, where it's basically about utilizing information about your center of gravity, where it is, and and how to use that to move more efficiently. Well, that sounds like something you can really convey via Totally. I can, I can convey it by talking, and I have a website that conveys it all as well, yeah. up with gra- upwithgravity.net. I mean, I think anyone can go to that website and learn the basics of it yeah. in, in about 15 minutes if they choose to, although it does sometimes help to talk someone through it a bit, and especially uh, the sort of latter stage of it, where I combine it with um, negative directions, yeah. because the two go together go together perfectly. So those those are the tools I use. Um, but I don't think um, I think a, a teacher could use whatever skills they have. Um, it, it don't have to do do it the way I do it in order to be effective. I know a lot of teachers who are using Skype who, who come out of very different 
uh, training backgrounds yeah. than me and, and are having success at it. So yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's if, if someone is intrigued by the possibility of using Skype, I think they ought to just explore it with whoever might be available to them in there that they know who are willing to spend a, a, a couple of sessions and see what yeah. happens. So you'd really recommend people to try it out. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think that you have much to lose. I mean, I think it's important to explain to, that you're not you're not doing a traditional Alexander technique lesson and maybe yeah. it shouldn't even be called an Alexander technique lesson i don't know i mean there this is the dispute that i think is coming yeah. up now i tend to just refer to it as movement coaching using the principles of the alexander technique yeah. discoveries of f matthias alexander however you want to phrase yeah. it yeah that sounds like a good definition yeah people yeah. Can use. yeah and maybe even um easier for people to understand who don't know about the technique Mm-hmm. When you say you do movement coaching, um, maybe that's attracting even more people than uh, giving it a name that's maybe not really fitting to um, mm-hmm. what some people would expect. Yeah, I mean, I have a, a little page, which a web page, which I have not really developed very much, but I I plan to at some point. Just movement coaching by phone and I changed it recently to movement coaching using Skype because originally yeah. as I said I was actually using the phone um, and I just explain a little bit on that page you know what it is that I'm doing what it is and what it isn't but I haven't put any energy into developing that page that's kind of a, a project for down the road well it sounds interesting that's great yeah. So, is there anything else you would like to share with the readers of Exchange and with our audience about uh, the technique and the web? Or- there is there is a very general point I would like to make, and I think it's something that is important to think about in terms of getting more teachers out there on the web, and that's the role of uh, organizations in the Alexander world, including ATI and AMSAT and STAT and all the rest of them. I think that there, I think in general, um, not only have Alexander teachers not been very, um, as a group, been very good at using the web, although some teachers are are doing extremely well, but I think Alexander Technique organizations have also done very, very poorly. And I think there's a reason for that, which just takes takes a little while, takes a, a moment to think to think about to understand why it might be that organizations of any kind, not just Alexander organizations, but businesses, any any organization, yeah. is by definition. Um, an organization. There's someone in charge or some group of people in charge and there's some sort of a structure to it. And the internet or the web is not an organization. It's almost an anti-organization. It's a network. There's no hierarchy. There's nobody in charge. And unlike an organization that tends to be sort of a top-down system, 
the internet is pretty much all bottom up. It's totally different. Yeah. And it's very difficult for most organizations of any kind to get to wrap their minds around that and to figure out how to interact with it successfully. Big corporations have been seriously tripped up by it, and Alexander Technique organizations generally don't know how to to use it. And the what's happened is that I think most Alexander organizations, their people, you know, the boards running them or whatever, do understand that the web is somehow important. I think it's hard not to know that these days. Yeah. And their solution to how we're going to use it is to outsource that to some expert some expert who will design a website for them or do something for them. And I, I'm a big believer in outsourcing for certain things. I outsource all my web design. Yeah. But you can't just outsource it without having a pretty clear idea of what it is you want that outsourced product to do and how it's going to do it. You can't just say to someone, oh, we need a website for our organization. Could you produce one? We want it nice and fancy and this and that and and let it go with that. All that will happen then is you'll spend a lot of money and it generally won't be very effective. You have to have people um, involved in it who know something of the web. And and the way that the only way that's going to happen is going to be bottom up with the, in terms of getting members, encouraging members of the organization to get involved with the web. Some of them may just end up getting a website, and that'll be fine. And some of them, once they start seeing how useful a website is, they might say, "Oh, maybe." Maybe I should be on Facebook too. Or I've got a student who's uh, making videos. Maybe I should get that student to do a little video of my teaching and put it on my website and put it on on YouTube or whatever. But it has to come from the bottom up. And what, what organizations can do, and I believe should do, is do everything in their power to encourage their members to to jump into the the web. I think every organization, every newsletter of every organization yeah. should have an article about it. I think it should be a constant refrain. Um I think training course, I think a training course, a, a teacher training course that doesn't encourage their students to have a website by by the end of their first year up and running is remiss, is terribly remiss. I, someone graduating from a training course should have a website that's been around for a couple of years, that's been so indexed. people can find it. It's been indexed by yeah. Google, and then yeah. all they have to do on the day of graduation is change a couple of words from Alexander trainee to Alexander teacher, and they may already have people who've contacted them. Um, 
it it's insane that that isn't what's being done. I think yeah. it, but it needs to be. Um, it needs it needs to be systematic and consistent and constant to get people to just say to make it clear over and over again. You've got to be on the web if you're going to be a successful teacher. Otherwise, you're going to be a teacher who has a couple of students a week or something like that, and you're going to have to have some other job, or you, you know, you're not the word's not you're not going to really be successful at teaching. Yeah, I think uh, that's a clear message to uh, the people out there to. Um, Get started if they haven't yet and um, get uh, involved in the web and the organization also to get involved in uh, encouraging the members to be involved in the, map, in the web. I think that is the way to go. I think organizations have a crucial role and their role is to get their members up to speed in terms of what the web's all about. And then some of those members are going to end up being on the board and will be able to make intelligent decisions. <laughs> that's what, yeah. that's how yeah. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's clear. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good thing. So that would get... be a wonderful thing. That would be yeah. a wonderful thing for everybody. Yeah. If that were to happen. And hopefully, I think at some point it will, but it's just taking an awfully long time. And I, 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 wish, I wish that process could be speeded up because really the other thing I would say very briefly is that the web is constantly evolving. And what, what, what's going on is that we have a, a, a really sharp digital divide in the Alexander world between the relatively few teachers who are very comfortable on the web using it creatively and the vast majority that are completely puzzled by what's going on. And that divide is actually getting wider every year right now. Yeah. Because there's more stuff happening on the web that people just don't know about. And so that's why I think organizations need to take a bottom-up approach to the web if they, wanna, if they want to be successful ultimately in uh, helping, helping get the word out there about the Alexander Technique. And I, can, I would guess that old F. Matthias himself, he'd be tweeting every morning. He'd have, a, he'd, he'd have videos on YouTube. He'd certainly have a website. And he would be using this as much as possible. That that was in his nature. He was yeah. Uh, so there's. It's not like this is some break with tradition. This is just um, using using what's available constructively and creatively. And I think that's the, the key thing that organizations should be looking at, as well as individual teachers. No, that's but, definitely yeah. the key. Yes. So. Yes. So. Well, this think, this might be a good place to end our conversation. I what think, do you think so too. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thank you so great. much for for. I'll um. 